Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. We're, I mean, you know, you don't know what time it is. It's, uh, we're normally taping this podcast at 3.30. We're only about 20 minutes late. What does it matter? It's not live. Emily Proud is here. We're taping the 615 Sessions podcast. And we're watching college football playoff semifinals together, basically. Am I appreciate you showing up on this New Year's Eve? Yeah, absolutely. Where am I going to go? I got COVID, so I'm <laughs> I'm kind of a hobbit right now. <laughs> so happy to be here. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, well. I mean, basically, you, there's nowhere else to go. So I'm. I, we we planned this. You were correct yeah. in the text that you sent me earlier. We reached out to the one person who I knew wasn't going to be able to do anything on New Year's Eve, and that's uh, well. Actually, I know a lot of people with COVID right now, so maybe that's not. A fair joke to make. I should have asked you this, by the way, when you popped up, I assume you're feeling better. Yes. Yeah, no, it was like a cold pretty much. So more of an inconvenience more than anything. So I'm, I'm happy to, uh, for it to, you know, not be as bad as it has been for some people. So I'm, I'm lucky considering, but yeah, I, I feel not at all unique. The amount of people that reached out to me to say, yeah, I got COVID too. I mean, it's crazy right now. Yeah. Well, the sports is on fire with this stuff. It turns out real life is too but we're going to talk about a game today i don't know if that this game is not looking like it's going to be much affected by COVID 19 at all in a way where a lot of nfl games have been but the titans last regular season game they got miami coming in um and there's been a bunch of dudes on the COVID list i'm sure you've seen those transactions coming in and out they've obviously changed the protocol i don't know how, how closely you've had to follow that since you've been on on forced leave at this point but um <laughs> Uh, this this game is so weird to me because I think that I mean I think that the conditions are going to factor so much into this and I was at your Vols Music City Bowl last night and I was shocked by how awful Nissan Stadium looks from a turf standpoint I don't know what this is going to look like at all on Sunday yeah you definitely worry about it I I picture Mike Vrabel watching (laughs) the Music City Bowl just pulling his hair out freaking out about you know because it's it's obviously it's something that you can't control but it's something that I know he's talked about before he's been asked about Uh, I think back to the question from Paul Kaharski a few weeks ago asking like because they were redoing all the the fields at uh, the practice facility and so it's definitely something that's top of mind and slipping I know has been a topic of conversation Um, when it comes to some quarterbacks at certain points this season and so it's been a topic so yeah you definitely you worry about the field condition because it does make an impact Um, I don't know necessarily I can't say that it was the the reason that Tennessee lost that game there are a lot of reasons but I don't think we're here to talk about that and you don't want me to go on my soapbox no I I sure do in fact that's just terrible (laughs) hosting by me for not for not to open that way because that was my first balls game I had a great time it was an entertaining game um but you know the you result... go to Neyland stadium though well that's what i can all, all the vols fans were very lovely to me and i did my uh, radio show outside of nissan and they kind of scoffed at me when i said yeah i'm very excited for my first falls game there's a bunch of y'all here They're like ah this is nothing this is nothing this is just like a this is a quick road trip for the people who are hanging out in middle tennessee not everybody 
that normally goes to a Vols game. So I, I will make it to Neyland at some point, but if I can't justify it, I'm pretty sure Dara's going to leave me if I go to another football game on a Saturday where I don't necessarily have to be at another football game. This is a point of contention Could in my you life. Bring her? You know, that would be the logical solution. Um, I just don't know if she would have fun. It's they, they, the games are so long. Emily, it was five hours of my life last night. I had to leave at halftime. I live 15 minutes away from the damn stadium. I had to leave. I couldn't do it anymore. And I'm, I'm very upset that I did because all hell broke loose after in the second half. Yeah. Well, if you, if you go to Knoxville and you do the game day thing, you'll realize that the game is really, you know, the, the cherry on top at the end of the day, okay. <laughs> it's, it's a marathon <laughs> the entire day. I mean, you got to get, you get the tailgating experience. You got to go to circle park. You got to do the ball walk. You got to, you know, you have to really soak in the full experience, try to find somebody that has a boat because being a part of Vol Navy is awesome. And okay. um, you don't get that at a lot of different places. And so, yeah, the game, you don't have to stay for the whole thing. Just go for like a half, watch the pride of the Southland do their thing at halftime. And then, get home and avoid the traffic. I mean, it's a full day. You're going to be exhausted by the time you show up uh, for the actual game, unless it's at noon and most of them have been noon kicks, but it's, it's a marathon. No, no ball walk for me yesterday. Instead, I had the distinct pleasure of being the voice outside the stadium, telling them that the ball walk had been canceled because there was some kind of logistical issue with the city of Nashville and the university. So that was, that's instead of getting the full experience myself, I was just a source of disappointment. For a lot of happy Vols fans outside, well, at the time, happy Vols fans, and then, of course, the result being what it was. Anyway, at this point, Titans, double-digit wins, can win the AFC South this weekend. Miami's won seven in a row. I think, you know, I it's hard for me to do the, is are the Dolphins a real 8-7 and team when Keyshawn Johnson just did that to the Titans not that long ago, but I keep wanting to him, and I don't know why. Yeah, but that didn't make sense because you look at the opponents that the Titans played when they were not a real eight and two team uh, and they were top notch opponents. No, all I heard was they're the Titans. That's that's the explanation. Yeah, well, I I just think for whatever reason, people can't rationalize it. Um, It it just doesn't make sense to them in their brains. And so they don't have actual examples and, you know, good concrete facts. It's just kind of like, well, this is weird. We thought it was weird too, watching it from a Titan standpoint, how the heck they kept continuing to win those games and to beat the Chiefs down as, as well as they did. And then to go on the road to LA and beat the Rams. So, you know, there was a little bit of surprise from all of us for sure. Uh, but if you compare the two teams in, in terms of, you know, you wanting to make that argument, are they, you know, real eight and seven teams they are? And um, it's tougher because you look at the opponents that they face and it's easier to make that argument because, um, you know, they've just the, the talent that they've gone through and the quarterbacks that they faced and the quarterbacks that they beat. I mean, it's Cam Newton, it's PJ Walker, it's Mike Glennon, it's Zach Wilson, Ian Book. Joe Flacco. Uh, in, their last, in their last game, Joe Flacco. Exactly. So you look at that and you go, okay, well, they're not, not the, the, the tough opponents, but also you use your eyeballs and, and the Dolphins are clearly playing better uh, than they were to start the season when they started one and seven. So they ultimately are a better football team at this point in the season than they were to start the season. A lot of that comes from Tua and the way that he's been playing a lot better and actually playing and being out there that clearly makes them a different a different team too uh Jalen Waddle has has come alive and has been spectacular I mean they they have good things going for them it's just you always have that little tinge in the back of your mind that goes okay but who who have they been able to be who have been able 
they've been able to beat. I think that this is a really good test for them um, to, to play this Titans team right now. I think they, they need this too to, to prove to themselves that they can win those tough games. Well, that and to and, make the playoffs, they literally need it. Yeah, well, they're the I last guess. team in right now. They bumped Baltimore out with their win. Of course, the, uh, the Ravens just getting absolutely shelled by Joe Burrow um last week i i think with with the Tua thing it's it's in part one the dolphins have not been relevant in my lifetime i feel like a lot of people feel that way about the titans um where they've they're going through this thing where it seems like they spent seven years going through it with ryan Tannehill, where they couldn't really figure out if they had a quarterback and then they shipped him off off for parts and look how that worked out with Tua. like it's the fact that there are some you know, they, they play great defense. They've got the most sacks in football, 45 on the year. And they clearly teed off on Ian Book, who, I mean, I just, you felt bad for the guy with as many people as the Saints were missing because of COVID. But I just, I see Tua throw these inexplicable interceptions to me, Emily. And he's, he's, he's accurate. You can see that. It's not just like the hollow best completion percentage in the NFL type stuff. Like we've seen Marcus Mariota have that game a million times, but I watch him and he's, they clearly do well in scheming the offense to his strong suit. And he does well at executing what, I mean, it's Mac Jones-esque, except I think Mac Jones has been a little better than two of this year. But the interceptions he throws make absolutely no sense to me. And if this is going to be another one of those slug it out, turnover differential, whoever finishes on the better side of that wins, I mean, I, I feel better about the Titans offense in ways that I haven't said in a month. Yeah, and it's weird. I like how you compared him to, to Mac Jones because um, I kind of am thinking of Tua as a rookie this year just because he didn't really get a chance when he was a rookie. And just the weird mind games that Brian Flores has played with him since he's you know joined the, the Dolphins and since they drafted him, you have everything that's going on with Fitzmagic where they're pulling Tua in the middle of games to put him in and then he becomes a starter. But then if, you know, after... Ryan Fitzpatrick throws seven interceptions in a game. Then they put Tua back in and then they're like, okay, now you go lead us to victory. And then this year too, although they're giving him a quote unquote chance, you still have reports of the general manager meeting with Deshaun Watson right before the trade deadline and everything that's circulating with that. And so you, you kind of feel like this is his rookie year almost because he is officially getting a shot, but, but there's all of these other things that are going on behind the scenes that he, he doesn't, I don't know. It's, it's weird to say that it's, they're, they're not showing that they love him. They're not showing their commitment. They're not showing that like, we, we fully trust you. And yet he's been able to turn the season around when he's, you know, been able to get healthy and, and actually play and string some games together. He's, he's looked solid. And I think that he is trying to build that case while knowing in the back of his mind that I might not be trying, trying out for my team right now. I might not be trying to prove that I'm good enough to be on this team, but that I'm good enough to be on whatever team that I end up end up on next year. So I feel like that's why we're learning so many new things about Tua is because it kind of feels like his rookie year almost. It's the first time we've seen him actually string some football games together. Sure. Well, and it's not lost on me that things really settled down after the trade deadline passed and nobody moved. Like that's really when you, when you, I mean, not that there's not other factors that go into that. Right. But like, it seemed like they just started playing more consistent team football after the threat of that wasn't constantly looming over them at every press conference that Tua. Yeah. Every game after that now is like a Tua revenge game. Pretty much. She's like, right. I got to prove it. Yeah. Um, Speaking of uh, Tua, his alma mater is playing 
in the Cotton Bowl right now. They just muffed a punt and got an mm. unnecessary roughness call. Um, they're backed up inside their own five, or no, they're at the six yard line right now. Just handed it off. Um, this this game, it's they're just gonna grind grind them to death. He just ran for six yards. Like Bill O'Brien's not even gonna have to throw the ball today. We're, we're I don't know why we're doing this in real time because this is recording. Yeah, that op- that opening drive, they didn't throw it till the touchdown, right? I mean, yeah, it's it, the it one, like one were, pass they threw. Yeah, so that's all right. Yeah, I think they ran it ten times before that. I don't know what's been happening because I turned the game off so I could have my full attention oh. on this podcast. <laughs> so people are gonna think I have some kind of like twitch. Emily's giving me her her diagnosis of two in the dolphin season. I'm looking up at the looking up at the TV in my office every time anybody moves. You know, we try we're, we can multitask. M and it listen. Uh, the fact that you're here at all on New Year's Eve, I'm grateful for you. So even if I got half your attention during the course of this podcast, it'd be better than me carrying this thing by myself. Um, full attention. (laughs) So all that, all that said, you know, Rabel's not, Rabel's not terribly, well, you know, we've had this conversation. I mean, cause Kaharski made a big stink about how much individual praise Dylan Radens was getting after the 49ers game in ways that I love him. I, I don't, I have no idea what he's talking about. And we had a text conversation about this. Like what, what, what is wrong with you? Why are you doing this? Like what of all the things for you to make a straw man out of, this is the weirdest of them. Um, and Rabel, you know, to his point, like Mike doesn't individually praise a ton of guys and really he doesn't like to talk about other teams. He'll talk about the players, who he's getting ready to play this weekend and kind of give a generalized assessment. But I thought it was pretty interesting and to hear him talk about Brian Flores, um, who was on that Patriots staff for a lot of years at the, at the end of Rabel's career and kind of the respect that he has for Brian Flores and the fact that you watch this defense and you, it seems like, you know, just to the untrained eye, you're going to spend a lot of time doing homework on this. They've had extra days since Thursday night football. Um, but I really, I really don't feel great about them in this game. No, I mean, under for both teams. I mean, <laughs> so overall, like, I, I, I don't see a lot of points happening uh, in this game. Are you giving out gambling odds? Because they that would make DraftKings very happy. We would love you if you did that. That'd be Yeah, that'd be sure, cool. absolutely. Yeah, I'll, advice I'll now. Yeah, well, that, that's my betting advice is take the under. I mean, I just, hammer I don't see, <laughs> Hammer it, yeah. I just don't see a lot of points, um, you know, for for – a multitude of things that we've mentioned obviously starting with both defenses are playing great football right now but then the offenses you have you know they're still trying to figure some things out on offense or the titans are hoping to get a little bit healthier and um you know try to factor julio jones into the offense at some point this season that's got to come at some point right you would certainly think so but who knows um but that's all right you got aj brown so apparently it's it's fine you just throw him 16 times if you're <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have to imagine that somebody's going to be like, yeah, you know what? They they seem to like that 11 a lot. Like they see, yeah. especially on third down. And there was nothing really that San Francisco did to kind of counter that. I'm not quite certain Brian Flores will wait that long to see if he can't devise something or come in, come in with a plan to kind of isolate AJ because the Julio experience, I mean, at what point do we reset our expectations about him? And by the way, you know, based on the information, because we're taping this on Friday afternoon, um, Julio still is on the COVID list. It's my understanding that he is going to be basically a game day decision along with a couple of guys. We don't know their vaccination status. And, you know, that would be reckless of me to disclose just basic, you know, things that you hear. But at this point, it seems like Julio is going to be a later 
time decision. And so at this point, that's very much up in the air. Well, yeah, him and Bud Dupree and Danico Autry and Buster Screen. I mean, there's there's significant guys that you're still waiting to to see what happens with their fate. And I will say, as somebody personally who's going through it right now, like I, I've been trying to figure out the new rules and the new guidance and and how that pairs with what the CDC says because a lot of it is confusing in like just practical terms and that for example I tested negative three times on Friday and then tested positive twice on Saturday and so it's been almost a full week but I tested positive for COVID yesterday so technically I'm out of my five-day window and you know but I'm taking all the necessary precautions but that's the thing is what if these guys go through that five-day window but they test because they routinely test and you have to test out of it and everything. And so I think that we're going to see so many, like there, it's, it's not going to be as cut and dry as the previous protocols were where unvaccinated, see you in 10 days, no matter what. Vaccinated, likely see you in 10 days because we didn't see a whole lot of guys test out of that protocol. But now we've got like Caleb Farley was on it for, I think, four or five days, maybe not very many. There's been Kendall Lamb is still on it. And he was he was put on like early last week on Wednesday. No, on Uh, Thursday, about about a couple hours before the game. Thursday. Yeah. So it's been it's been the full week and he's still on the covid list. And so I think we're going to it's it's not going to be as easy to determine when guys are able to come off. And so it's it's looser in the rules with how they are and so it's better that you have that shorter amount of time and you do get more hope but I feel like there's a lot more gray area and there's a lot more confusion and so just waiting for those guys to come back is I mean you you genuinely do not have any idea where before you were able to just kind of do backwards math and say all right he should be cleared should be good to go by Saturday or Sunday or you just you simply don't know at this point and and everybody's bodies react differently to it as well so it's that's the confusing part, but certainly guys that you want to get back for the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and, and here's kind of the, here's kind of the thing, the thing that I don't, I'm not going to say frustrates me because at some point we have to understand, you know, what we all have to do in our workplace environments. And um, it can't all exist on zoom until the end of time. And, and all of these things, like at some point there has to be some kind of middle ground to where, all right, these are the precautions that we're going to put into place where we deal with, with it like any viral you know seasonal viral or however often it seems to operate in two month cycles at this point for what we know and we know absolutely nothing again after two years basically but in the nfl i mean the the thing about it is they've they're relying on them to self-report if they're still symptomatic and from since any any time any of us have been around football or watched football or played football from whatever age you are basically told yeah whatever you can do to kind of put rub some dirt in it yeah yeah get out there guys have been hiding concussions since the start of it since the start of football so now we're gonna you know we're gonna play kind of fast and loose with the thing that's completely derailed all of this and i'm not saying that that it doesn't end up being the right approach. I'm just saying that for all of the, for all of the gaslighting that there's been about, well, this is the solution to X. And then of course there's not a solution to X because you know, you've got Delta and Omicron and all these other Greek letters floating around in ways that are deeply uh, troubling to me. But I think, I think that's probably my biggest frustration with it. And the fact that 
you know, it's basically, I tell us, tell us what it is or what it isn't. And if this is the way that we have to operate and, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's dog whistle type stuff, but like, I just, I don't know what more those of us who have taken it seriously and tried to do things as best we can. I don't know how most people feel about that if they're experiencing those same frustrations because it frustrates me. Yeah, I mean, we we're journalists. We want answers. We want things to be black and white, and you know that's why I, I you're like a journalist. Covering... I'm a talking head at this point. I don't even I don't even think that you can. <laughs> okay, but you I... have but you have that though. You have that yeah. innate you know need to find the answer to questions. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are like that too, and especially in. I would say in a year of, because we like to talk about COVID as it was just a year. Well, eh, not anymore. Uh, in this time frame that we have of uncertainty and, you know, what's the word everybody tried? Normalcy. Everybody wants to get back to normalcy and unprecedented times and all those fun buzzwords and everything. You, you want answers and you felt like you were getting to a place where it was clean. It was, okay, this is what happens if a player goes on COVID IR. If he's vaccinated, this is what it looks like. If he's unvaccinated, this is what it looks like. And so there are a lot of questions, but you know what you were saying too, with, I don't want to be like back in the day, but older NFL times and even, you know, decade ago or so, it was like romanticized to push through injury and to push through sickness and illness and, and that sort of thing. I mean, think about like Michael Jordan flu game. That was, you know, what although, point it was do we have for us, <laughs> although it was ruined for us. But oh, yeah. I think that we have changed a little bit in that way in modern times with NFL with, you know, what they're doing with concussions and everything where it's not as celebrated um, as it used to be because availability is number one. People don't want to re-injure. I mean, you think about the talk around Derrick Henry and when is he going to come back and you don't want him to come back too early. Like, it's not a matter of we want him to push it because we want him back out on the field. It's if you, you want to, you know, be careful with it because you are looking long-term. And so I think people are a little bit more aware of that. And then also... When it comes to COVID, you know, it's it's obviously different than an ACL tear. If I tear my ACL, I'm not going to give it to the guy next to me. Like, I'm not going to spread it to him. Um, and so I think that it's it's all about personal responsibility. And people are getting better about realizing that your actions can affect other people. And I know that this is a very positive and hopeful way of thinking. But today is the one day that there's so much damn hope in the world. <laughs> on New Year's Eve, that's is that the, the one first thing time about you've cussed this. on this podcast. There's so much hope. That's not a curse word. Damn. My, well, really listen, the, the 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 people in their 60s and 70s that'll Facebook message me after I say damn too many times on the radio, they would very much push back. Yeah, on see, the language. The FCC Ms. doesn't Proud. care that it's not cursing. No, yeah, yeah. exactly. No, I can't, but, I but can't that's have like a real FCC job. I'd be fired so quickly. <laughs> yeah no and good luck doing um local local news we we have a, a whole different set of standards too just because you can keep that you know, life so so one job out of one I'm, I'm grabbing at everything else it's so the one job I'm, I'm good on <laughs> hey, hey well we can't pay you anything but you're more than welcome to <laughs> hop on whatever go for it no I I know that I'm probably thinking about it in a more positive way but I do think that the personal responsibility element of it it does make it messy and it makes it harder but people are I think what helps though and it's kind of weird I don't I don't know exactly how to phrase this but what helps is the like whole I hate when people say this like cancel culture and that sort of thing which essentially I know it makes steam coming out of my ears 
But that whole like society, I think, makes people try to be more politically correct. And it looks really wrong if somebody were to play through and not tell anybody they have COVID. And that that would be a problem. And that looks bad on the surface and for the NFL and, you know, for you as a player. I mean, think about the players that like an Aaron Rodgers that come out and are very vocal about this. They're people disagree with them and it and it changes the way that you think about them and so it's it would behoove players to be smart to say that I have symptoms and to and to self-report so I it's not a great system but we got to figure out how to like move on with society uh, with with COVID it can't it can't shut things down like it used to we've gotten smarter we've studied more we have you know vaccines we have pills we have all these things at our disposal so we got to use them to figure out how to go on i uh forgive me for anybody who's watching on youtube and you saw how big my i smirked <laughs> when emily said we've gotten smarter that just some i don't, I don't know him maybe maybe not all of us no, sometimes no. sometimes you get simultaneously smarter and dumber at the same time too much information isn't always a good thing no because well, then you overthink and then, and then there's a lot of people that have access to information and there's people doing their own research and think that they're scientists and all those fun things. I'm so still waiting. I'm still waiting to hear back on Sam Darnold's findings after he told us he was going to do his own research. I'm still waiting. I know. I know. I'm really interested. Well, you know what I did today when I was trying to figure out when I go back to work, I called my doctor and I said, Hey, when can I go back to work? When is it safe? I'm still testing positive, but I feel fine and I don't have a fever. And so I was like, I could Google this and try to figure it out on my own, but why don't I call a doctor? And it was wonderful. I got lots of clarity and learned stuff. So WebMD sounds much, uh, much more efficient. <laughs> anyway. No, then um, I think I was dying. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you guys go through this in your household, but every time, every time I go, every time Dara has something wrong with her, everything, every time something happens, she'll like ask me, you know, what do I think? Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I don't know if you guys bounce those things off of one another the way that Darren and I do, but I'm just like, I don't, I literally have no idea what to tell you why, why X, Y, and Z is happening to you. I can Google it, but then we're going to figure out that you have, God forbid, like lymphoma or something like that. Like, I don't know what WebMD is going to tell me. But when it comes to medical stuff, I'm less of a problem solver and more of just a support. Like, you got this. Can I get you some water? Like, <laughs> something like that. Again, not a doctor, but I have a lot of friends who are nurses, so they're great to not just a, text not, and yeah. figure that out. <laughs> Big fan, big fan of nurses nowadays. Um, Em, I uh, appreciate you taking some time. I know it's not an ideal time to do a podcast, but uh, it's the last podcast of the year. We appreciate all the time that you've given us all year long, just as it's been for basically the past three years. You're a stud. I appreciate you stopping by. Absolutely. Thank you, friend. Happy New Year. I'll uh, see you next year. Yeah, I love right. when people say that. <laughs> I know some people hate it. I love it. I think it's so funny. You're 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 what you're the kind of person that makes the rest of us hate it. Goodbye, Emily. <laughs>